Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I think going into this fall season of sports is, you know, it's an interesting time because this might be the very first sports season, right, since the pandemic started. So all these kids have been, you know, eager to get back to school, you know, transgender or not transgender kids, all eager to get back to school and to join their friends and to play sports. Senate Bill 2536, the Mississippi Fairness Act, is now law. Mississippi isn't the only state debating this issue. Idaho passed a bill banning transgender women from competing in women's sports last year. Across our nation, at least 26 states have now introduced similar bills, mostly in Republican-controlled state legislatures. And so I think these laws are having an impact where some students may feel discouraged from trying out for sports teams or might feel like they may have like a target on their back because of it. Florida has become the latest state to ban transgender women and girls from playing on female sports teams in public schools. West Virginia's governor signed a controversial bill into law. It bans transgender athletes who identify as girls from competing in sports with other girls. So, you know... We all went to high school, right? <laughs> you only get four years, and uh, that means only four years of, of playing on sports teams. So, you know, these kids are just trying to, you know, play sports like everybody else. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch, and today... These new laws that bar these kids from playing sports took effect in seven states this month. And they're becoming the highest profile LGBTQ rights battles of the year, with lawsuits coming left and right against these state statutes. Bianca Quilantan on the legal battle over transgender kids playing in school sports. Seven states this year have implemented these transgender restrictions on transgender student athletes, and they are Mississippi, Montana, Florida, West Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Alabama. Mm -hmm. And in addition, Idaho was the very first state to sign a law that bans transgender student-athletes from playing on sport teams that match their gender identity. So this has all happened in a pretty short amount of time, all these states passing bans. What exactly is behind that? You know, Governor Tate Reeves actually took to Twitter to say that it was Joe Biden's fault. President Biden, as one of his first initiatives sat down and signed an executive order, which, in my view, encourages transgenderism amongst our young people. But for that fact, we wouldn't be here today. He said that the executive order that President Joe Biden signed in January that was aimed to promote inclusion for transgender people was the reason why they had to pass a law. Interesting. So what exactly does that executive order do? Basically, it takes this landmark Supreme Court case, Bostock versus Clayton County. It was on uh, transgender rights in the workplace. And basically, it said you could not discriminate against transgender people based on their sexual orientation or gender identity within the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so he took that Supreme Court ruling and took it and said that 
this ruling must apply to Title IX, and that's a key federal education law that prohibits discrimination based on sex. The president signed an order protecting LGBTQ people from discrimination, which could threaten federal funding from schools that do not allow trans women the right to compete in women's sports. So it's got a lot of attention on social media with the hashtag Biden erased women. And so now that totally compiles and adds, uh, you know, no discrimination based on sexual orientation and no discrimination based on gender identity. So you have Biden signing this executive order saying that Title IX protects transgender students from discrimination in sports. And you have lawmakers in mostly Republican states advancing laws banning transgender students, and they're blaming Biden's order. And now there are lawsuits. And you, in your reporting, Bianca, have zoned in on three of those suits. Where are they and what are you watching for? Uh, The first lawsuit is against Idaho, and that one is the first lawsuit in the nation against this sort of ban. Idaho passed their law last spring, and it took effect last July, but then it was halted by the district court. So it is stuck in the Ninth Circuit right now, and that court could set a precedent for these other two courts uh, because they could have a similar fate of halting those laws until they can figure it out. Hmm. The other two lawsuits are in West Virginia and Florida. The Biden administration actually stepped into the West Virginia fight already. That is the first transgender athlete lawsuit that they have stepped in and put in a statement of interest. So they are backing 11-year-old Becky Pepper Jackson, who wants to play on the cross-country team. She's 11 years old. She's going to middle school. um, And the Biden administration says that prohibiting her from playing on sports teams that match her gender identity is unlawful under Title IX. Hmm. And who's behind these lawsuits and what are their arguments? They're largely, you know, the ACLU, of course, and other civil rights groups like the Human Rights Campaign. They've filed these lawsuits on behalf of of kids who want to play sports. And that's the main argument. You know, Josh Block, one of the attorneys at the ACLU that has represented a lot of transgender kids, including Becky Pepper Jackson. And he's basically saying, you know, this isn't the Olympics. This is kids just trying to live their lives as kids and play after school sports with their friends. So they're arguing that It is illegal under the Constitution to ban these kids from playing sports with, you know, other girls. In addition to these lawsuits against states where bans are in place, you've also reported on another lawsuit that's kind of the opposite situation in Connecticut, where the conservative nonprofit Alliance Defending Freedom is suing on behalf of high school track athletes over a policy that allows transgender students to participate on women's sports teams. The student athletes argue they were denied titles and athletic opportunities as a result of the rule. What's at stake in that case? So that case was filed last spring and actually had the backing of the Trump administration. Betsy DeVos even went after the school district saying, hey, your rule that allows transgender student athletes to play on teams that match their gender identity violates Title IX. Mm. And so this case went up to the district court. The district court tossed it a few months ago, and now they're refiling it, and it's in the second court of appeals. So in that appeal, they're they're trying to get it to the Supreme Court, basically, is what looks like the main goal. There are four cisgender female athletes, and they're saying that it is unfair 
that they had to compete against transgender athletes. Uh-huh. So um, they're taking up the case. Their main focus in this lawsuit is based on, you know, the uh, definition of sex. And so they're saying that sex in Title IX does not include gender identity and that it actually is the reverse, that Title IX prohibits transgender student-athletes from playing on female sports teams. So um, it's, it is definitely the reverse, and it might be the first one that heads all the way up to the Supreme Court, I think. Do we have any indication or do you have any thoughts on whether the Supreme Court could end up taking this case and also how they might rule on it? So it's hard to read the tea leaves on this, but so far the Supreme Court has punted on two cases that uh, surround the rights of transgender students to use bathrooms uh, that are, you know, aligns with their gender identity. And so, you know, we can't say whether or not, you know, the Supreme Court will take up a sports one. But what's different in this sports situation is that, you know, that landmark case, Bostock, right, that case actually specifically says that they are not making a judgment on whether Title IX applies to locker rooms or bathrooms. Hmm. Uh, and actually, two justices uh, were actually concerned. They were saying, you know, if we make this definition of sex so broad, does that mean that it applies to Title IX? We didn't make a decision on this. And so they actually foreshadowed that, you know, this could cause some kind of a riff over whether transgender student athletes can play sports uh, on female teams and, and that sort of stuff. So uh, when we're looking at this, I think there are two justices that might definitely take up the case. <laughs> um, they're the two that dissented in Bostock. And those two are Justice Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. But again, we don't know what the Supreme Court's doing. So we have to be careful about speculating. Yeah, yeah. So while we wait to see what happens there in the Supreme Court, these new bans are supposed to be put in place or have already been put in place this year in the states you mentioned before, Mississippi, Montana, Florida, West Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Alabama. At the same time, you do have the federal government saying these bans go against federal law. So what exactly is happening at this moment? Are these new laws taking effect? Does federal law trump state law? How does this work? So it's totally still happening. (laughs) These laws have taken effect. And this puts school districts in a really tight spot, I think. In one of the court filings, uh, you know, a school board in West Virginia was like, well, we didn't enact this policy. We didn't enact this law. You know, if there wasn't a policy and there wasn't a law, I wouldn't be enacting this. I wouldn't be doing this, you know. Um, But schools are are required to follow their their state laws. Mm-hmm. So they're a little bit in a bind right now. They're trying to figure out that if, you know, this Title IX guidance outweighs the uh, state policy. And so basically what happens with Title IX is that technically the education department is supposed to come after you for your federal funds if you're not following Title IX. But um, the National School Boards Association told us that that hasn't really happened in recent years, so we're not sure if it will. Bianca Gilantan, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also today, Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning against, quote, unavoidable and preventable deaths among people who are unvaccinated against coronavirus, 
now that vaccines are widely available in the U.S. Speaking to NBC, the nation's top infectious disease expert said, while no vaccine is perfect, it's clear that the vast majority of people who are hospitalized with or die from COVID at this point are those who have not been vaccinated. Fauci also noted that the U.S. is relatively awash in vaccine doses, enough to vaccinate the entire population, compared to much of the world where the vaccine supply remains extremely scarce, saying, quote, there are people throughout the world who would do anything to get vaccines. And the U.K. is lifting most of its coronavirus restrictions. Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced on Monday that with a large part of the country's population now having received at least their first shot, the government will get rid of most of its preventative measures, including orders on face coverings, social distancing, and working from home by mid-July. Critics say the move is a gamble, with the number of new infections again rising rapidly in the U.K., largely because of the Delta variant. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and also check out some of our other shows like Playbook Deep Dive and Politico Energy. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.